want to welcome you to the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. I Serve Sunday is very important to our family here at the Building Christian Fellowship because we believe that serving effectively in your church is connected to having a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor John talks about it more during this episode. Let's tune in. I don't know what's been up with me lately. I have no idea. Somebody must be praying for me or something because I've been hearing God and seeing God in everything lately. It's ridiculous. I'm, I mean, I, <laughs> it's been a joy. It's been a journey through hard times, through, through uh, mistakes that I've made, through people offending me. I'm just starting to see God in everything. It's ridiculous. I mean, when you, when I'm, I'm like, I'm at this point right now, I'm like, God, what can happen right now I, I, that I don't see you in it? Not that it's going to, listen, not that it's going to hurt, not going to hurt. Come on, somebody. It's going to hurt. But for some reason, I get, I'm getting this different perspective of how things are happening and what's going on in my life. It's been a tremendous blessing. I, I, I know that I could tell you right now, if, if you want to get to that point in your life, I'm not saying that, like Paul said, I'm not saying that I've obtained everything. I'm not saying any of that. But there is one thing that I do is forget those things which are behind me, and I push forward. I push forward. When things happen to me, I can't sit down and dwell on it too long. I just want to think about it, figure it out, learn from my mistakes, and then keep pushing forward. There's more in front of me than there is behind me even at my age. And if you're older than me, you should have said amen real loud at that point. There ain't too many of you in here that are, but there's some. (laughs) Come on, somebody. You want to sit down and think that Paul probably wrote most of his letters as an old man, bent over. See, we we think about Paul being this big, strong man and, 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 and Paul walking around preaching the gospel, but we don't realize and read the scriptures that Paul was beat um, uh, beat bad, beat unconscious, left for dead, snake bit, was shipwrecked. All kinds of things happened to Paul, and his body would bear the signs of the torture and the, and the stress that he went through for the sake of the gospel. He was blind almost when he's had people writing books, bent over, old and bald-headed, barely moving. You know, some of us in here that are getting old are talking about, well, what can the Lord do with me? God is not finished with you yet, as long as you have breath in your lungs. I'm I'm, going to get into this word, but I want to share this testimony of a pastor friend that I just, we're getting really acquainted, uh, praise God, is a pastor from First Christian Church right here in the marina, on Marina Drive. Uh, Me and Pastor Keith are really becoming good friends, and he shared a story with me about how God could use you at any time. He said when he first uh, came a part of the ministry, the, all the elders looked at him and said, listen, we need to break you in. You got to go do a home visit, somebody that's shut in. We want you to go see Brother Bob. And they called him Old Bob behind his back, but Brother Bob, he was a paraplegic stuck in the bed for over 20 years. So, and, and still living. I mean, can you imagine? And he didn't really have any family. Pair of them walked out and just left him there. Come in and feed him, walked out. So as the church, they would send the elders over there to pray with him. Well, he went over and he took another young pastor with him. And as he went over um, into uh, Brother Bob's house, he walked in there and he said he looked at Brother Bob and he was all emaciated and skinny and looked really weak. And he began to go in there and he said, hello, Brother Bob. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor uh, Uh, Steve and I'm here you know from the church and we just want to come and pray for you and he said he mumbled something but he really didn't hear hear him and he looked at the the other pastor 
Pastor Steve looked at the other pastor and said to him, well, we're going to pray for him, so go ahead and lay hands on him. And he said, Pastor Steve went over to him and went, and he went to lay hands on him, and Brother Bob just jumped up with his hands, with his hands, and grabbed Pastor Steve by his neck and pulled him in close to him and began to prophesy, began to speak words of power and encouragement over him. And he said, I was shocked, I was froze, as he began to prophesy and speak words of life over me and began to interject me. He's out, and the joke was, it isn't Brother Bob, it's Prophet Bob. And what they do is, yeah, Bob's not on staff. Bob can't walk. Bob can't even leave his house. But they would send people to Bob's house so they would think that they're there to give when they're really there to receive. Bob was an old man, couldn't walk. And if, if God could use somebody like Bob, surely he could use somebody like us. Willing to serve at any given moment. Bob would lay in his house by himself. He could sit and complain that there was no family there to visit him. He could sit and complain about how his life is all messed up and how he served the Lord all his life and how God has left him that way. He could sit and complain. But you know what he does all day? In anticipation of somebody coming through that door, he stays in contact with God, praying and seeking God's face. He was full of the word, so much of the word that he would just talk to God through the word and God would begin to reach to him. So when people would walk in, he knew exactly, first he probably knew you was coming. And then when you walked in, then he, had, he was ready to just speak life over you. But see, that's a perspective that we all need to get to. Praise God. So I just wanted to share that uh, story with you this morning that it's never too late for God to use you wherever you're at. How, no matter how young you are or how old you are, God said he's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Praise God. And he covered the gamut, didn't he? He said, he said from young children to old men. Hallelujah for that. Well, today's I Serve Sunday, everybody. Yes. Some of you guys are excited. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that means. Okay. Well, traditionally, we do I serve um, on Tuesdays. We used to do it on Tuesdays, and that's Bible study night and prayer night. But I, we, we came up, and the elders and all of us came up with this great idea. Why not do it on Sunday when everybody's here? Right? Because, you know, you know you, on, on, on Wednesday nights, you're preaching to the choir. So on Sunday, people come in. We have visitors. People come in. They visit. And they're like, man, look. What's this I serve thing? We're like, look, there is plenty of places here at this church to serve. And I'm telling you right now, when people come and ask us, hey, look, where can I get involved? I want to be involved in church. I want to serve, too. And our staff loves these questions. We love them so much. And they're like, you know, you guys say, where can I be a help? How many people want to help somebody? Amen. All right. Amen. Well, some of you guys might be saying right now that, well, I do. I serve God by coming to church. No. That's not how you serve God. Now, I'm just helping you guys out. Don't get mad, you know. But people say, man, I bless the Lord by coming to church. You know, it really blesses him. Well, it, it, you don't, that's the whole point is God's not about you being about you. I'm going to get into this word, but we'll, we'll break it down. So, so people are like, why should I do more? I love those types of questions. And today I'm going to give you an answer. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. And be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Let me stop real quick. If you don't know, there were two things that were vile to Jews. Two things. You guys ready for this? Number one, 
those were the, those the Gentiles, the people that were half Jews and half something else. They basically called them dogs. Okay, Samaritans were like dogs. They were just dogs. And so if you were a Samaritan, you weren't a Jew. You were considered a dog. Jesus even called a woman a dog. So that's low. The, the other lowest thing that's lower than that is being Jewish and a tax collector. Okay, now that I said that, the lowest thing to any Hebrew, male or female, is a Hebrew tax collector. But yet, why this man who was Jewish and collecting taxes, sitting there doing that which is vile to Jews, Jesus still walked up to him and called him. This set me free from judging people. How can, okay, how can God use a pedophile? How could God use a rapist? How could God use a murderer? Y'all looking at me like, oh, uh, yeah, you tell me how. <laughs> By the power of the blood of Christ. Because I need you to understand something. It says here, Jesus called him, and then Matthew got up and followed him. He left that which made him vile behind him. You can't still be in it and still follow him. Now, did he have urges maybe to sit down and start collecting taxes and cheating people out of their money? I'm sure he did. But he left his table and he followed Christ. Come on, somebody. <laughs> somebody say, follow me. Alguien, alguien dice, sígame. 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 Gracias. Sígame. When Jesus said, follow me, I want you guys to understand something. He wasn't talking about following him on social media. He wasn't talking about follow me on Facebook, follow me on Instant Messenger, follow me on Instagram. He wasn't saying, you know, like me on tweet, follow me. No. That kind of following that we're talking about is basically just watch me. Now, I need you to understand something. Watching is just spectating. Okay. Following is participating. When you watch something, saints, it's like, you know, a couple weeks ago, we watched the Super Bowl. But we weren't playing in the Super Bowl. We watched it. Some of us dreamed about being there, though. Come on. Some of us dreamed about our team being there one day. But following is participating. When Jesus said, follow me, he wasn't talking about stand over there and watch what I do. He's saying, come and follow me. When you follow somebody on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you're not participating in what they're doing. You're just watching what they're doing. And mind you, I need to let you guys know something. When you're watching somebody, you're only getting a part of their life. I wish I could just talk about this for a while, but we only got so much time because saints of God, we will watch somebody in five minutes and judge the rest of their life off of five minutes of watching them. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we see that he picked the girl up and gave her a ride home because she was walking in the rain and they stopped the video and you, t and you start putting hearts on it because it was live and oh, so nice. And then you share it. Oh, this dude is so nice. But you didn't realize that he was a sex trafficker and you're sharing and loving everything that he's doing. Watching is never intimate. <laughs> watching is not intimate. Intimacy brings connection. When you're watching, there's no intimacy. And if you want connection, then you can't just sit back and watch. See, connection makes you a part of a family. And God expects us to serve each other and not just watch each other. Like right now, honestly, you guys are watching and listening to me. Amen? Amen. So we have more people watching than following at this moment. There are moments to watch, and then there are moments to follow. But either way it goes, God says, if you're going to be a part of my family, you got to be doing more than just watching. Sometimes there's a time to watch, and then you watch, you learn, but after you get done watching, then you do. God expects us to serve one another. Romans 15, 2 and 3, watch this. It says, but do what pleases them and is for their good. We should do whatever helps everyone grow stronger in faith. So what God's telling us to do is we shouldn't be worried about what we want. We should be worried about what will help others in the house of God. You guys notice I'm saying in the house of God. I'm going to keep reiterating that because you can't help people outside the church, outside your own home until you get yourself strong first. Amen. Trust me, I do believe in helping the community, but I don't believe in helping the community when we're in here struggling. Love thy neighbor as thyself means you can't give love to your neighbor until you learn to love yourself first. You can't give what you don't have. 1 Peter 4 and 11, it says, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. Who wants to be God to be glorified in their lives? Amen. Well, here's the answer. You know how you want God to be glorified? If you want him glorified in your life, it says, then help others. <laughs> help others. Philippians 2 and 4. It said, don't be concerned about your own interests. Wait a minute, what do you mean, God? Don't be concerned so much about what you need when you come to church and, man, I need this. When you come, it says this, but also be concerned about the interests of others. Do you know there's times I come here sick, I don't feel well, I'm, I'm depressed about something, I got issues that need tissues, but when I come to church, I always have this mindset that there's somebody there that needs to hear a word from God that's going to come from me, that's going to change their lives. Amen. Somebody needs a hug, somebody needs some love, somebody needs something from me. Listen, this is the attitude that should come from everybody and not just the pastor. Amen. Even you young people in here, I'm telling you right now, you guys bless me, man. Oh, my gosh. Ezra, little, little Ezra, I, I, you, you, he's, a, he's just a child. He doesn't know any better. He really doesn't, Sabrina. He doesn't know any better. But he'll be back there, and, and I'm walking through, and sometimes I'm a little stressed out trying to get things done. And when I walk out the back, I turn and look, and I see Ezra just praising God. He's just praising. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, 
the load falls off of me. And then he runs over to me and grabs my hand. Nah, pastor, you're not going to just walk by. You're going to praise God with me. You guys see, if you ever see me back there, me and him holding hands, we're jumping around and he just. (laughs) But if God could use Ezra. He could use you. I don't know what capacity, but if we get the mindset to come to church, not for us, but for others. You will never miss a Sunday. I promise. You guys will be on vacation looking for a church to go to. My wife, my my wife, we go to another church and I just want to help. They don't know I'm a pastor. I'm sitting down. I'm looking around for stuff to do. I'm like, the pastor needs water. They don't even know who I am. Just like, water. Praise God. Just getting people. God's like, sit down. Look, I look for every opportunity that I get to bless somebody, to talk to somebody, to tell somebody. The shame about this is, I'm trying, I don't want to get on soapbox, but do you know the shame is, is that I could look, I look at another dude and tell him how nice they look. How often does another man look at another man and go, man, you look really good today. You look fit. You look strong. Nice beard. I'm going to tell you how odd it is. You guys ready for this? Me and my wife, once again, in the store, I see this dude. He's about 60 yoked look real good so i'm just looking at him i said hey man hey he turns and look i said man you look really good you look fit and he looks at me like thanks i said yeah man just want to let you know you look like you work out and he just looked at me weird but you know what i wonder if that blessed him being 60 years old, obviously he was working hard on his body. And I'm sure his wife or somebody tells him, but working out like that, how come a stranger can't come up and tell him that? Here goes even the worst part. How come I can't tell some of you young ladies how beautiful and pretty you are without you thinking I'm trying to get at you? I'm like, wow, you look really pretty. Your makeup looks pretty today. Lipstick is not, looks nice on you. Then all of a sudden, because the way things are now, because you never get compliments unless a man wants something from you, that I can't just tell you how pretty and beautiful you look without you thinking I'm trying to get something from you. I'm just trying to bless you. Let me get off this soapbox. God is good, y'all, ladies. I hope you hear this. Just because a man tells you how pretty you are doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Sometimes you should look at him and go, thank you, I know. I bought this lipstick because it looked good on me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what the Bible tells. It don't just say fearfully and wonderfully made. It goes on to say how marvelous are thy works. I mean, you got, sometimes you guys got to look and be like, marvelous. God, you something else. You are a creation. God didn't make no mistakes. You got to tell yourself that sometime. Insecurity ain't nothing but from the devil. And and you need to realize when God created you, he created a masterpiece. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with working on the masterpiece. But I'm telling you, man, there, there is no such thing as ugly except for your attitude. <laughs> wow. And some of us need to work more on our attitude than our, our natural bodies. <laughs> You be in the gym all day, but you need to be in attitude gym. (laughs) Ooh, Jesus. 
You guys, followers participate in the game. You know, people on the sidelines talking about, man, I want to get in the game. I want to get in the game. See, that's how we should be. It's like sitting here every Sunday and you're not involved. You should be looking like, man, I want to get, I want to get in the game. I want to get in the, You know what's funny? This, this, watch this. I don't know if you guys watched the Super Bowl. Some of you guys did, some of you didn't. You guys know who Kevin Hart is, right? So the Philly, he's from Philly. He's from Philly. Philadelphia wins. He wins the championship. All the players are up on stage. He's trying to get on stage. I'm from Philly. Philly loves me. I am Philly. And he's trying to get on stage. You know Kevin Hart about this big. And they got this real big security dude going, uh-uh. No, little man. Uh-uh. Watch this. When I seen that, I'm going to tell you exactly what I saw. It's going to mess some of y'all up. I saw an angel standing at the gate. And all these church members, but those that were involved and that were serving, that were on the team and played, and, and maybe some of them even sat the bench, but they still played a role in the team. And they were there as reserves, and, and they would get in during, maybe they just got in during the kickoff or the kickoff return or punts, but they still had an active part. Even the coaches and, and all those guys were on the stage because they were playing their part in the team, but here was somebody that was on the sidelines that had nothing to do with the team, but he identified himself with the team. When it came time to celebrate the championship, he wasn't let onto the stage. Depart from me, thy worker of an iniquity. I never knew you. It was a perfect illustration. I'm telling you, I'm seeing God and everything. And here he is, famous with people. Known of man, but not known of God. Mm, mm, mm. I want you guys to see what Matthew did. Matthew was in sin. Matthew was cheating his own people. Matthew did this. It says, so Matthew got up and followed Jesus. It didn't say he watched him from now on. It said he got up and followed Jesus. Now, you guys know that Hollywood and the movie theaters know people want to feel like they're a part of what they're going to watch. I know some of you guys are going to be getting ready today, later on, to go see the Black Panther. So what they do is, with these movies, they create giant screens and these sound systems and, and surround sound to make you feel like you're a part of the movie. So after you leave, they call it a movie experience. We'll pay the extra $5 to get the movie experience. They have lounge chairs, recline back. They got wood grain floors, cup holders. You hit a button, somebody comes and gives you your food. The movie experience. They give you 3D glasses and imaging. IMAX surround sound. So by the time the movie was over, you walk out of there feeling like you were a part of the action. I was in that. The Black Panther was right here. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. You didn't get shot at. You didn't fall out of a moving car. Okay, come on. You didn't bust no caps at nobody. Come on. 
Mm -hmm. Black Panther ain't real. <laughs> There's no vibranium suits that you could put on. You left out of there with an experience. An experience. It's funny because that's what's happening in church today. We're leaving out with an experience. We got smoke machines and triple wide screens and thunderous sound systems and lovely worship. And it's so good. And man, worship was good. It makes me want to come back again and again just for that experience. But I want to tell you today, you are going to leave here the same after an experience. The same way we're going to leave the movies, we're going to leave excited, we're going to leave talking about something, but we're going to leave not changed because of an experience. So what I want to tell you is, if you're not participating, you'll never experience God. Or let me use another word. Experience doesn't change things, encounters do. There used to be a movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Everybody up until the third kind, Close Encounters, all had an experience with aliens. They seen them. They saw them fly by and everything. But a Close Encounter, actually, they actually did something with the aliens. They actually touched the aliens. They talked to the aliens. And, and other things happened with them with the aliens. But we won't get into that. So, <laughs> some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So that encounter changes your life. That encounter will have you leave differently. But you can only get an encounter with Christ by participating in the... You're not following Jesus, then you're just watching him. Amen. God didn't call us just to watch him. He called us to follow him. He called us to be in the game. Now, let me, let, me, let me show you two aspects of following Jesus. Matthew 16 and 24 says this. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There is no way to follow Christ without denying yourself. It can't be about you if you're following Jesus. It can't. That's why I don't understand certain way people preach and think about prosperity. You know, when you're all about prosperity, you're all about yourself. Now, you can say what you want to is about, well, I'm all about prosperity. I'm doing this because God wants to prosper me. I'm working hard. I'm prospering me. I'm doing this because I want to prosper. But at the same time, are you serving now, don't get me wrong. I, I know some people that, that are prospering well, and they're businessmen, and they're making lots of money. But you know what? They're definitely serving in the house of God. Amen. <clears throat> serving Christ means serving others, not always looking to be comfortable, but serving from a place of conviction. I would tell you right now, if our chairs that we have right now in this sanctuary are very comfortable, are they not? They, they're comfortable. Because I can put some nice hard wooden chairs in here, the little folding kind. You know which ones I'm talking about? With the plat, with the, yeah, yeah, y'all wouldn't be coming to church. I, I know for a fact because when, when our air conditioner was out, y'all remember that? Some of y'all remember that? Attendance was at an all time low during the summer. We was in here stressing. Tony was coming up with effective ways to try to bring. You see those two greats in between faith and hope? There's a reason why it's between faith and hope. Because we wasn't getting enough love from y'all. I would have been over there by love if we was. We had to have a lot of faith and hope that y'all would show up when we put those grates up there. Because we had to rent a five-ton air conditioner to blow up in here so y'all wouldn't be, so y'all start coming back. And then I had to put on Facebook. Hey, guys, look, we got some air conditioning. Please come back to church. Please. 
Please. <laughs> we laugh, but we will not be inconvenienced to help somebody. Come on, y'all. You'll be like, man, it's too hot up in there. Well, look, I'll tell you what. Don't, don't put on a bunch of clothes. Put on a sundress. Fellas, don't come in here with tank tops. Swear t-shirt. Long shorts. You're fine. We're that kind of church. Come in here to serve somebody. Now, you need to have the attitude, I don't care how hot it is, how cold it is. I don't care come hell or high water. I don't care if there's a storm outside. The wind's blowing hard. The energy's off. I'm going to come to church to bless somebody. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Nobody said following Jesus is going to be easy, y'all. It's not easy. Trust me. I, my, 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 mom, my mom and my father-in-law look at my wife and I and go, oh, my God. I did not realize how much you guys do. My job doesn't stop. People say, well, I thought you just preach on Sunday. That's what my mom said. I thought you just preach on Sunday. You get up and just say what's on your mind. <laughs> My hot pearl's like, you got pastor powers. That's what you do. You get up and preach. God downloads it, you give it. They're, all week we're doing stuff. We're answering phone calls late at night. We're making, we're going different places. Do you know how comfortable it is in my bed next to the woman I love? Fan, fan on, we just sitting there. Just, oh, it was a long day. Just comfortable in the phone rings. It's not about me and my comfort. It's about serving others. And I answer the phone. Yes, for a second, I'd be like, oh, Lord, what is it? And I answer the phone. Let me tell you where I get so blessed. Is when I hear somebody in dire straits on that phone crying whatever's happened. It doesn't matter what it is. And that I hold hope inside of me that just by the word of God and a prayer will bring peace to somebody's situation I could have easily stayed comfortable and stayed asleep and left that person oh, God, they'll figure it out they need to be more mature than that just pick up the phone I've gotten calls so many calls but the blessing is is when I give I get as I give grace I give hope, I give love, I begin to receive that. Because God says, I give seed to the sower. That's not just money, y'all. God will give me, when you start blessing people, when you, when you get out of your, con your convenience and get into serving with conviction and, and serving people out of, out of being uncomfortable, God's going to make sure you're blessed. So when you're doing what Jesus is doing, then you're not just spectating. You're a, and if you're not a follower of Christ, listen, you're not a Christian. You got to do what Jesus did to be a Christian. Christian means Christ-like, not in your speech, but in action. Matthew 10, 38, and it says, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. As I bring this to, the, bring this to a close, so... Si no te niegas a ti mismo, 
sino recones, recones, recones tu cruz y sigues el Cristo, sino ingresas al juego, tú nos eres su discípulo. Discípulo. Gracias. If you don't deny yourself, if you don't pick up your cross and follow Jesus, if you don't get in the game, you don't deserve to be his disciple. He said, if you don't pick up your cross and follow after me, you're not worthy of me. Well, doesn't that kind of go against some of the stuff we think if we just confess Jesus? He says, you can confess all you want, but if you're not acting like me, if you're not following me, you're not worthy of me. If you're here today and you're looking for a real church with a real pastor that has real Christians, why don't you become what you're looking for? I don't know. You might be here and go to a different church. I don't know. But why don't you become that person that you're looking for? That you, well, I need a church that has more people serving. Why don't you go there and start serving? So, esta es la razón por la cual el cuerpo de Cristo te necesita. This is why Christ needs you. For we are many members, Romans 12. Four through five. We are many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone's members of one another. We are all members in the body. Todos somos miembros del cuerpo. Algunos de nosotros somos brazos. Algunos son manos. Algunos son pies. Some of us are arms. Some of us are hands, and some of us are feet. But all of us are a part of this body. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 16 says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together are compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual work in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What does this mean? It means that Jesus wants his body to be fully functional. He wants every member to be functioning. God is not coming back for a broken church. The Bible says he is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. That's a church that's working together. Everybody in the church is serving somewhere, somehow. Saints of God, today, we have awesome opportunities today for you. There are ministries that need your assistance. I'm going to name off some of them. We have greeters. You guys see the greeters at the front door that greet you when you come in? We need more greeters. I'm just going to give you guys a hint. If you're a person that's struggling to be a people person, greeter's the place to be. I'm just telling you. You know, because people are like, well, I guess I got to be very cheerful and be an extrovert to be a greeter. No, you don't. You go up there, you'll learn how to be cheerful, open, and an extrovert. Here goes another place, the children's ministry. Yes, we need more people serving back in the children's ministry. Praise God. We want to minister to our children. We have, I think, if you ask me, the best children's ministry at any church, anywhere, if you ask me. And I've been to a lot of churches. I wish somebody would clap at that. I'm telling you right now, when my children, 
My granddaughter's about to be back there along with my, my son and my daughter. They're not just back there with a daycare. Every Tuesday, you need to see the concern on Rio's face about how she wants to make sure our children are fed the word of God. She is so into it. She is so concerned, watch, about your children. And can I say something? While she's serving your children, she's planning on having her own family. She doesn't have any children yet. So how could somebody that doesn't have children love your children so much? Sacrifice. We need help. We need just you guys go back there and sign up. Another place we need help at, uh, Sean needs more people to help cleaning for the cleaning ministry. We also need, we, it looks like we got some new people today. The production team, which deals with sound, the media, and all that. We need help in the production team. We also need help with the worship team. Ooh, yeah. If you could sing or hold a note, if you could play an instrument, okay, please see Atira. Now, immediately after I give the benediction, we're going to have places set up in the back. I want everybody in here. This is going to be the altar call because today I don't want you to just come up to the altar and be like, yes, Lord, I want to serve. Show me where to serve. No, God is speaking right now. You got places to serve. If I mention some place that you, you say, I don't think I can fit in there, I'll tell you what. Why don't you try one of those places that are needed? And then eventually what happens is you may have a new ministry in you, but first, can you be faithful in a ministry that's needed right now before we birth the ministry that's in you? Amen? So, if you're in here and you're a carpenter, anybody know how to swing a hammer? Ladies too, I mean, you don't have to be a guy. I made the mistake. I didn't get it yet, but I mean, it's in my office. I should have grabbed it. But we got the plans for next door. They're starting next month. And we need every person in here that can swing a hammer. If you can't swing a hammer, they can carry uh, sheetrock. If you can't carry sheetrock because it's big, we need you to just pick up something. We're going we're gonna to start setting up schedules. We're going to even ask some of you guys to take off from work and come help. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's a part of God's plan. It's a part of serving. It's a part of doing things because eventually, as we're building strong men, because the strong men were here Saturday and we was tearing it up. We had good word. A strong man makes a strong marriage. A strong marriage makes a strong family. A strong family makes a strong church. A strong church will go out into the community and change it and win it over for Jesus Christ. So, where do you serve? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast. <laughs>